are the ones we've been waiting for. cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well funded.
Our government that understands that jobs must come from growth in a vibrant and vital system of free enterprise. I'm so proud of our system of government, of our free enterprise, where our incentive system and our men who head our big industries are willing to get up at daylight and work till midnight to offer employment and create new jobs for people. I have faith in America. Through our system of democracy and free enterprise, the United States has achieved remarkable, unbelievable progress. Small business is the gateway to opportunity for those who want a piece of the American dream. But wouldn't it be nice to hear a little more about the forgotten heroes of America? Those who create most of our new jobs, like the owners of stores down the street, the faithfuls who support our churches, synagogues, schools, and communities, the brave men and women everywhere who produce our goods, feed a hungry world, and keep our families warm while they invest in the future to build a better America. That's where miracles are made, not in Washington, D.C. If you've been successful, you don't you didn't get there on your own. You, you didn't get there on your own. I, I'm always struck by people who think, well, it must be because I was just so smart. Because if you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. There is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear. You moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. When you do well, everyone else does well. And I promise you this, I will never demonize you as business leaders and business owners. The work you do or the opportunities that you create. Because I think we should not be thanking you. We should be thanking you. You... You didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. It never gets old, does it? Welcome, folks, to another uh, hour of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones, Ph.D. from the College of William and Mary. I am back. United States. Oh, <clears throat> Old Town Alexandria, United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. All right. Now, last night and the night before, we had um, our resident conspiracy theorist, one angry Jew, a good man. Of that, I have no doubt. A wise man, certainly. An intelligent man, of course. The problem I'm having here, the conflict I'm having with my friend, one angry Jew, is that... Uh, he deals primarily uh, in uh, shadows in terms of fact versus supposition, uh, fact versus, um, you know, for example, he'll ask a question, well, why was certain people meeting with the Bilderbergers in uh, Marriott? Obviously, there's something nefarious going on. Okay, but how do we know that that's the truth? They could have been playing Monopoly, for all we know. We don't know. So he states, well, why why don't they come out and say that they were meeting? Why are they trying to hide that they were having the meeting? 
I'm reminded of one of my favorite Shakespearean plays, Much Ado About Nothing. Now, not to cast aside what one angry Jew has to say about all these things, because I'm not. I take it very seriously. And I can appreciate his views and his concerns. I do, because I share many of them. However, I like facts. I love facts. (laughs) Facts are facts. And there's no disputing facts. So when my friend One Angry Jew comes in the room and, 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 and calls in and he and he talks about, you know, well, so-and-so met over here on this date and, you know, because they didn't tell you they met, you know, it must be something going on and they're plotting to overthrow the world and, you know, that kind of thing. And I say that to say this. I've got some facts for you right here and right now. I don't have shadowy, you know, fig, you know, there's there's nobody lurking in the shadows here. I'm just going to put out the facts right here and right now. Well-known oil companies and gas di- distributors. I'll throw out one name and one name only. Kinder Morgan. I've got well-placed sources in that company of which I held a good deal of stock. I've got well-placed sources in the United States military, Air Force, Navy, and Marine Corps. All of a sudden, all this week, instead of getting three to 6,000 barrels of JP-6, which is jet fuel, on average, they're getting... Upwards of ten to 15,000 barrels a day. Something big is on the horizon. They're gearing up for something. Something big. And that's all I can tell you. That's all I'm at liberty to say right now. But I will say this. Stock up, baby. Stock up. And that's all for now. When I'm able to say more, I will say more. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, be, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm not, I'm just telling you. This is the buzz. This is a word I'm getting from a civilian oil and gas company. And the United States military. Some big's coming. All right, let's move on. With that in mind, we're going to continue our conversation from last night. The Canadian Free Press, a con- well-known contributor, Doug Hangman, has reported that a longtime friend and Department of Home- Homeland Security official revealed to him. Revealed to him the uppermost echelon of the uh, uh, DHS that they are actively preparing for a massive social unrest inside the United States. And not only expecting and preparing for it, that they're actually facilitating it. According to Hangman's DHS source, the Obama regime, which initiates um, uh, department agenda and dominates its thinking, according to this source, 
will proceed by implementing economic chaos, chaos through radical division and chaos through class division, all joined by Barack Hussein Obama and his stable of unelected czars. Now, this is straight from the Canadian Free Press. What the Canadians have to do with any of this, I can't tell you. (laughs) But they go on to say, for three years, the administration has worked to destroy the private sector and destabilize the value of the dollar. It has injected race and class into every argument, setting the stage for summer riots organized by regime operatives. And we've seen that with the Occupy movement. And when economic calamity and civil unrest are at their zenith, a false flag event against Obama or his family, something that will outrage black America, will be crafted. Its purpose is to invoke the ugliest reactions and create racial chaos in this country that will make the Watts riots, 1968, and the Rodney King riots pale in comparison. Now, let me just add my two cents in here. We we had the, the anybody remember Charles Manson and Helter Skelter? His uh, what he thought Helter Skelter was all about, which is uh, a line from the Beatles White Album. This sounds like something from that. It doesn't sound plausible to me. But in every implausible scenario, there's always a grain of truth to it. It just doesn't sound plausible to me that Americans would fall for any such thing. And yet, we do have the Occupy movement. Apparently, they're planning some big event at the RNC convention coming up. Bricks, uh, boards, and pipes, and chains, and all kinds of stuff were found stashed on a roof, just waiting to be collected and used. The article goes on to say that at this juncture, the federal government will be forced to take a hand for the well-being of the nation and the American public. And, of course, martial law will be declared by an appropriately reluctant Barack Obama, who will offer a television persona clearly disinclined to exercise such staggering authority. Does anybody believe that? The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Is it plausible? Could such a thing occur? Obama is failing in the polls. He's made misstep after misstep. The well-oiled machine that his campaign was in 2008 is in complete disarray. He said the dumbest things. Biden is saying things that are even dumber than that. So, I mean, his... You know, the popular the popular conception is that if Mitt Romney 
and Barack Obama are even in the polls, given that Obama is the incumbent, then Mitt Romney is leading. Most polls now at this juncture have Romney leading Obama by two to three points. Even in the battleground states, Barack Obama is having a tough time. Now, although the claims in the Canadian Free Press and the article specifically sound very much like the ravings of a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist, it's got to be remembered, it should be remembered that, well, who the enemy really is. And the the extraordinarily the extraordinary sweep and authority that Obama and his um regime have already attained, and the arrogance and lust for power that drives them. Obama believes that he's been put on a chosen path to fundamentally transform the United States of America. It's nearly impossible for him to do that in four years' time. Eight years. Perhaps he'll make a dent. Perhaps he'll set the stage for him to perhaps run again to um, overturn precedent and run again and win again. He's going to need more than four years. That's my point. In order to fundamentally transform the United States of America the way he would like to see it, he's going to need more than four years. And there's always the opportunity for a Republican president, such as Mitt Romney and Ryan, to come in and undo everything he's done. And the whole four years would have been a waste, according to Barack Obama, if his health care law is overturned. If a lot of the major advancements that he believes he's put in place for who? The American people are swept away, his presidency would have would not mean a thing. Do you think he's willing to let that happen? I mean, Barack Obama, the president of the United States, believes that he's really done some good for the American people. But he's not done yet. And and you know what? It can't wait. It can't wait. He can't wait for Congress. He can't wait for the American people to approve of what he what he needs to do for us. All the good things, he can't wait. It can't wait. So why would he allow a little thing like an election to get in the way of his destiny? These are brazen and lawless people. Brazen and lawless enough to have placed a Manchurian candidate in the White House. From politicians to journalists to judges, they threatened into silence or collaboration any with the slightest inclination or ability to stand in their way. Ask yourselves this question. Why is the mainstream media so in the tank for Obama? With very few 
major media outlets calling him out on anything substantive. So could one angry Jew be right? That the game is rigged? Because one angry Jew was on this show last night, and he said he, – he, he put it out there, and he said that the game is rigged. You know, he didn't come right out and say our vote doesn't matter, but he might as well have. He stated that Governor Romney and President Obama are controlled, his words, by a shadowy group of people. Not collectively, but individually. And so it doesn't matter whether Barack Obama loses to Mitt Romney or Mitt Romney to Barack Obama because they're not really the ones in charge. Well, honestly, I don't believe that. But one angry Jew, he sure does. But then again... This administration has near total ownership of the national media. And it's and it's vitally important that they have that ownership of the media in order to accomplish any plan to overthrow a government. They need the media. They have absolute authority over the executive branch, giving them the ability to not only implement or ignore law, and enforce it, but also the means and power to punish those who stand in their way. Barack Obama has signed executive order after executive order. He stated many times that he can't wait for Congress to do its job. He needs to act now. And how many times has he thrown it out there for you and me to just get it in our heads, you know? Just get it in our heads. Oh, I'd like to, I, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, bypass Congress. I'd like to just, you know, do everything my own way. But, uh, you know, I can't because we, we have to respect the rule of law. We got the president and I'm the president of the United States. We got Congress, the three equal branches of government. I'd like to do things my own way. You know, how many times you say that? How many times... Did I say to my son at the age of five, no earrings, no tattoos. Sometimes he and I'd just be walking down the street and I'd say, no earrings, no tattoos. Sometimes we'd be sitting at the dinner table. Nick, no earrings, no tattoos. Say, okay, Dad, we'd be fishing at a football game or just kind of hanging out. Nick, no earrings, no tattoos. Nick is a 23-year-old United States Marine officer. He's probably one of the only young men, black men, who has no earrings and no tattoos. None. Why? Because I drilled it into his little head at the age of five years old. Every chance I got, Nick, 
no earrings, no tattoos. From the time he was five years old, Nick has no earrings and no tattoos. Now, I'm not trying to single out any particular race right now, but I'll go ahead and do that. Do do just that. See if you can spot a black man walking down the street who has no earrings or no tattoos. None <laughs> except my son Nicholas. Why? Because I drilled it into his little head. So I'm sure a lot of you are saying, hey, where are you going with this, Doc? What's happening? What are you talking about earrings and tattoos for? Well, Barack Obama has been drilling it into our cute little heads. I'd like to bypass Congress. I'd like to do my own thing. And we can't wait for Congress to act. We have to act now, he's been saying. For the last three years, he's been saying that to us. He said the audiences in La Raza and many other places with under on many other groups that he he really would like to bypass Congress and implement laws himself. But he can't because he's got Congress to deal with. He's he, he's only one of three co-equal branches of government. I really would like to do this. So he's he's preparing us for it. He's he's drilling it into our heads. He's getting us into that point right now. He's talking about a do-nothing Congress. And he's basically turning the attempting to turn the American people against their elective representatives in favor of him taking control of the the entire government because he really we we really can't wait. He needs to be able to get things done. For the American people. I mean, it's not Congress. It's not those in the Beltway that need to be appeased. He needs to be able to get things done for the American people, and he can't do that unless he's given total power. So he's been telling us this for the last three years, just like I've been saying to Nick. Nick, no earrings. No tattoos. He comes in from college. He comes to hang out with me for a couple of weeks, summer break. Let me take a look at your arms. Pull that shirt up. Let me have a look. Got any earrings? Got any tattoos? I I say over the phone. No, Dad. Okay. That's good. You think that maybe Nick doesn't have any earrings or tattoos? Because he doesn't want any earrings or tattoos, or probably could it be that he doesn't sport earrings or tattoos because dad sort of put it in his head from the time he was five that these things were no good and that I would be sorely disappointed if my son came home sporting earrings. Could it be when I told my son that only pimps and sailors wore earrings and had tattoos? And that you're neither a pimp nor a sailor? So, 
Barack Obama has been telling us that he needs to get things done for the American people. And he can't wait. So, with that in mind, let that sink in for a moment. Those of you who have small children out there who don't want them to grow up wearing earrings or tats, I mean boys. And then we're gonna take, we'll take a short break and we'll come right back. You guys are crazy in the chat room. You, you're off the you're off the hook. The easy. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> the call-in number is three four seven eight eight four eighty five hundred. It's Wednesday, August 22nd, 2012, and this is news. At a campaign stop in Minnesota Tuesday, Vice President Joe Biden compared Mitt Romney and his allies to squealing pigs for resisting further regulation on the financial services industry. A White House spokesman later said Biden meant no offense by the remark, noting that he has no hostility toward pigs, having spent 26 years in the U.S. Senate. The Washington Times reports that the Obama administration spent some $500,000 in stimulus money for TV ads on MSNBC shows hosted by Rachel Maddow and Keith Oberman back in 2009. Since Oberman is no longer with the network, the White House said the half-million-dollar stimulus apparently saved only half as many jobs as projected. During a surprise appearance at a White House press briefing this week, President Obama reflected on the lessons of his time in office. You can't just make stuff up. Uh, that's one thing you learn as President of the United States. The White House later walked back the remark, noting that the President didn't have a chance to fully review all of his previous statements. A spokesman for the White House press corps said, that's okay, neither did we. A federal appeals court yesterday upheld the constitutionality of a Texas law preventing tax dollars from funding Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion retailer. The Obama administration has punished Texas by phasing out federal support for the Women's Health Program, which means that Governor Rick Perry will have to come up with $35 million to make sure that poor women still get cancer screenings and other basic health care. The White House said the court decision is just another example of the war on women waged by the U.S. Constitution and another reason to reelect the president so he can continue to disarm it. And finally, today, for the fourth straight year, the Congressional Budget Office said the federal deficit will top $1 trillion in 2012. The White House said the president won't be spiking the football in celebration, but noted that the unprecedented accomplishment represents another affirmation of the historic nature of this presidency. With PJ Newsbreak, I'm Scott Ott. Visit PJTV.com three times today for your antidote to the obsolete media. on the banker bailout bill on the floor of Congress last week, Congressman Brad Sherman made a startling revelation. Many of us were told in private conversations that if we voted against this bill on Monday, that the sky would fall, the market would drop two or 3,000 points the first day, another couple thousand the second day, and a few members were even told 
that there would be martial law in America if we voted no. Martial law is defined as the rule by military authorities imposed on civilian population. According to an article in the Army Times last month, the administration's threats of implementing martial law is not idle talk. In this shocking article, the U.S. Army admits they're bringing a combat team back from Iraq to continue their mission in America, and that this combat team will be assigned to NORTHCOM to assist in the event of civil unrest This deployment is, of course, in direct violation of long-standing laws known as Posse Comitatus and the Insurrection Act, which strictly prohibit the U.S. Army from policing American citizens on American soil. While such extraordinary steps toward the open implementation of martial law on the streets of America might seem like the Bush administration's last-ditch effort to keep the public in check while they rob the Treasury of hundreds of billions from their banker friends. It is crucial to understand that this is only the final stage in a careful plan that has been unfolding for decades through both Republican and Democrat administrations. Another war on the American people is in the executive power. Of course, the Constitution very succinctly lays out the balance of powers designed by the framers. The executive branch was to be co-equal with the judicial and congressional branches and checked in many other ways by the states and individuals of this country. But more and more, uh, presidents are relying on executive power, and now Obama is officially in the headlines embracing that he, too, will have to use executive power because of the gridlock in Congress and the fact that so many dirty Republicans won't go along with his agenda. We can't wait, he says, and they've got all these quotes from board meetings. One Saturday last fall, President Obama interrupted a White House strategy meeting to raise an issue not on the agenda. He declared, aides recalled, that the administration needed to more aggressively use executive power to to govern in the face of congressional obstructionism. Increasingly in recent months, he said, the administration has been seeking ways to act with Congress, branding its unilateral efforts, we can't wait. A slogan that aides said Obama coined at the strategy meeting and continued to roll out with dozens of new policies from jobs to veterans to drug shortages, fuel economy, and on and on. Obama's not saying he has a right to defy a congressional statute, said Richard A. Pildes, a law professor at NYU. If the legislative path is blocked, he otherwise has the legal authority to issue an executive order on an issue. And they're more willing to do that more than they were two years ago. And it goes on to talk about how Obama's new approach is doing just that, putting him in the company of his predecessors. Mr. Bush, for example, failed to persuade Congress to pass a bill allowing religiously affiliated groups to receive taxpayer grants, then issued an executive order to make the change. That's what presidents do, said one Mr. Jack L. Goldsmith. It's taken Obama two years to get there, but this has happened throughout history. You can't be in that office with its enormous responsibilities. When things don't happen, you get blamed for it. And not exercising all the powers you have accrued to it over time just doesn't make sense. 
All right, and we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm starting to think that this whole idea of executive power um, executive orders, signing statements, all of that. I think we need to have a constitutional amendment after Obama to kind of, you know, take some of the teeth out of that, out of that executive authority. Because you know, with other presidents, for example, George Bush, the example that was given in the clip I just played, it was something very benign. He failed to get, uh, you know, persuade Congress on something about uh, religious freedom. So he signed an executive order for that. Okay, who even who even heard of that? Did anybody even know that was going on with this president? You know. It's easy. It's easy to to, to 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 conclude. It's easy to imagine him signing an executive order suspending an election. It's easy to uh to envision him signing an executive order to abolish posse comitatus. It's easy to envision this president signing an, an executive order legalizing abortion or 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 allowing gays to marry, or almost anything you can think of that he wants to put out there, it's easy. You know, most presidents over the course of of this nation's history have been guided by the Constitution and their overall love of this country. Most. With this president, we don't really see that happening. We don't really see that love for this great nation. We don't feel it. You know, uh, Southern Sense had uh, a, 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 an interesting uh, group of uh, guests on her show earlier this week. And uh, there was one particular uh, uh, guest, a judge. And I had a question for the judge um, on her show. And it was uh, dealing with uh, Mitt Romney. Uh, Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama, and Jimmy Carter all lumped into one. And I asked, and, and I asked, I wanted to ask the judge, you know, what what I think what we really need in this country is a counter to Barack Obama, like like the flip side of or the counter to Jimmy Carter was Ronald Reagan. Now, Mitt Romney is no Ronald Reagan. Not at all. The the major thing, the major the major thing that defeated that the, the reason why Reagan was so the reason why Reagan was able to defeat Jimmy Carter so convincingly is because Jimmy Carter did not speak of America as being exceptional or great or, or the great promise of America, the greatness of American history, and the greatness there to come. He didn't lift Americans up and make us feel proud and exceptional. He didn't help us to foster an image of a great nation. 
He was all like, he was just a big downer. You know, and, and President Reagan came along and he talked about the greatness of the nation, the greatness of our history, the greatness that we are and what we what we can be. He played up the United States as if he was laying in bed and he had a, an American flag taped to his Johnson hard as a rock waving to and fro as Nancy looked on. I mean, Ronald Reagan was pure American, like John Wayne style. He was American. He talked about America as if he was in love. And in fact, he was. Barack Obama's not in love with America. And I don't get that sense from Mitt Romney, you know, that he gets a hard on, a hard on when he talks about America. I always got that got that when I listened to a speech from uh from uh, uh Ronald Reagan. Hell, I've got all of Ronald Reagan's major speeches right here on my iPad. And I fall asleep to some of them. I listen to them. I put them on just before I I turn down the lights in this joint. I know them backwards and forwards. I even got let me you want to hear my you want anybody want to hear my uh my uh, Ronald Reagan impression? Sure you do. Here it goes. All right, here it goes. <clears throat> here it goes. Ready? My Ronald Reagan impression. Well. <laughs> One more time. One more time. Here we go. Well. <laughs> okay, okay. Enough of that. All right, that was my Ronald Reagan impression. But nevertheless, you know, we don't feel this from, from, from Mitt Romney. And this is what um, this is. I think this is this is part of the point that the judge was getting to. And I'm talking about uh, the the great judge um, and the and, and the other the other guest on Southern Census Show, which is on at 2 p.m. Great show coming up on Friday. Gary Sinise is going to be uh, 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 on the show. Uh, he'll be it'll be taped a little earlier, but uh, you can hear his. Um, you know his portion of the show, his uh, being a guest on the show at the regular time at 2 p.m. on Friday. It'll be great. I'll be there as well, uh, asking some questions of uh, of Mr. Sinise. But hey, back to my point. In order for Mitt Romney to seal this deal, he needs to be more like Ronald Reagan, and not just be handsome like Ronald Reagan with the black hair and all that. He's got to be Ronald Reagan. He can't afford to be Mitt Romney. He's got to be Ronald Reagan. He's got to talk about America. He's got to talk about our history and his love for this great country and what a great country we are. He has got to be Ronald Reagan to Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan to Barack Obama. Because Obama is Carter. In fact, he's making Ronald Reagan. I mean, I mean, Barack Obama is Jimmy Carter, and Barack Obama is making Jimmy Carter look competent by comparison. And Mitt Romney's just not doing it. You know, do you know the guy who is doing it? His his VP candidate, Ryan, is more Reagan. Than Romney. Folks are rallying not around Mitt Romney right now. They're rallying around Ryan. Because the, the, the one thing about Ryan 
that is captivating American Americans right now and shoring up our base, our conservative base, is that and, and I hear it all the time, especially over the last couple of weeks, is that Ryan is reminiscent of a young Ronald Reagan. And I quite agree. But that should be the role of Mitt Romney right now. And Romney's just not cutting the mustard in terms of that. He's got to get down and dirty. Somebody's got to get down and dirty with Barack Obama's team. We just can't be Mr. Nice Guy anymore. No more Mr. Nice Guy. All right? We got a call on the line. We'll take our call. Caller, you're on with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Talk about it. It's about time. Hey, there she is. What's up, girl? You scared to pick up the phone? No, no. I was I was so busy talking that I, I didn't even see it. Oh, really? Yeah, well, but how you okay. doing? How you doing? I'm like, doing this marvelous. May? Just laugh. Yes, laughing at you. You laughing? <laughs> yes. We woke my my Ronald Reagan impression. Did you dig so, it? I'm wondering how can you tell your son not to have a tattoo, and that's what the Marines have. Most no, of no. them. Did you dig it? Did you dig the? Did you dig the impression? I didn't hear it. Okay, you want to hear? I was on and out. No, want, I don't. No, I want to hear nothing from Ronald Reagan. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna give my Ronald Reagan impression. You ready? Well, huh? Huh? Did that get you hot? No. All right. Okay. Well, hey. Um, you didn't answer my question. I'm well, in terms of tattoos. I had Have no, you? I had no idea that my son would be a marine like me. I simply didn't want him growing up and being all tatted up, and have earrings and look like a moron. So, I drilled it into his head early. Now the fact that he's a marine officer, you know, and he has no tattoos, that's cool too. Because guess what? I was a Marine for 31 years. I have no tattoos either. None. I wear no earrings. So what did you call the men with tattoos? Uh, 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 you said they were what? Pimps, pirates, and sailors. So you calling your fellow military men pimps, pirates, and all those things? I say that in my Are family. Are you with them? No, no, no. I'm saying that in my family, my sons, Whatever. The only men who wear earrings... And jewelry and tattoos are pimps, pirates, and sailors. And Popeye the Sailor Man. Me too. Maybe that's when it came into having them. Could be. But I, you know, for, for my sons, we, we don't roll like that. We're well. classic American men. And, and you know what? Here's the other thing. While we're just going to get off the subject a minute and talk about this. I happen to believe personally that... My mom labored for nine months to produce me this beautiful brown skin. And I believe firmly that it would be a disgrace. It would be a disservice. It would be disrespectful to my mama for me to write on what she created. It should be a disrespect as to you, not your mother. You should have something to not do it on your own. As if to suggest, Mays, that what she did over the course of nine months wasn't good enough that I needed to mark it up. I feel very strongly about this. I feel anybody who wears tattoos to the point where they're covering themselves is basically 
telling their mamas to go to hell. Well, I don't wear tattoos. Never have and never wanted to. Good girl. But anyway, to get back to the subject of executive orders. Yes. Did every president have the right to have an executive order? Or do they have the right to have an executive order? Well, no, no. just don't want this one to have it. You're you're right, Maze, and I and I agree with you. I'm, what what I'm saying is the executive order. I'm going to say it right now. I didn't say it, but what I'm gonna, what I'm going to say is that the executive executive order should be abolished. Why? Because I believe that there's potential for misuse of them. Oh really? They're going well. You're going to get some next week, so you're going to get ready for it. The way to get around <laughs> Congress, you know, how Congress have, is not in session and they're not doing anything. How do you have? Uh, how is it that we have co-equal branches of government if the president of the United States can simply disregard Congress by using signing statements? He's not. He's not. He's not disregarding Congress. No other president disregarded Congress no, when they did it. Any president. I'm not just talking about Obama. I'm saying, how is it? How we we it, it truly we do not have a representative branch of government, co-equal branches of government, when the president of the United States. Democrat or Republican can simply say, "Oh, well, you're not going along with what I want. Then I'm just going to sign a piece of paper and it make it so." Well, as part of the person the has always been. Are you going to the convention? Oh yeah. Oh, you are. Yeah, you know. They don't need you there because they're going to need some faces to look like you. Out of the little twenty that's there, going to be there. <laughs> you coming? I think it's about twenty of you. Well, hey, I'll be twenty-one. Well, I said it'll be twenty of you. So that they don't place need to count you. It's going to be packed, and it's going to be rocking. And there's a storm coming, too? Oh, yeah. You know that. Mm, it might be rocking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but not the way you think. <laughs> I think you what? They, they, you know, the, the, the RNC says they have a contingency plan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> and you know what? I, what I suspect is going on, Maze, is that uh, they have a duplicate setup. Mm-hmm. Where else? Is, 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 is a duplicate setup, but it's... It's man-made, right? Yeah, man-made, baby. I tell man you what. Man will be powerful than a storm. More hey, powerful than a storm. They, now I'm saying that they have a, a duplicate site. Oh, I'm happy that they do. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't. I'm, I'm gonna be sitting to watch the fight because that's what it's leading wait, up to. I don't know that for a fact. It's just what I've gleaned from what they've been saying. I, mm-hmm. I expect that to be the case. Okay, what um, color are you gonna be wearing so I can see you when you stand up? I'll be watching you on C-SPAN. Red, white, and blue, baby. Red, white, and blue. Oh, okay. Red, white, blue. I'm gonna be wearing a blue suit, a red tie, and a white shirt. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, you know what? I'll be there. Got to be there. Like Michael Jackson. All right. So what yeah. Rip, what rip show are you gonna be speaking at? Maze, I'm not going to be speaking. I'm going to be on the convention floor. Well, they need you to be speaking. They have workshops and everything else, so they well, need you to be somebody. Look like you need to be speaking. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be glad handing. I'm gonna be shaking hands. I'm gonna have my my my. I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking. I'm gonna uh-huh. be making contacts, passing out business cards. I'm gonna so be. You looking, try, you're trying to go to make money. You're not going I'm to the convention. Two chicks I love the most, Ann Coulter and. Uh, I thought you and, had a wife. No, no, no. I'm gonna be looking for Ann Coulter. Well, you looking for the snake man? That woman bad. That long neck man. Oh yeah, I want that. I want that. <laughs> you look a mess. Shame on you. You don't have no She don't have no sense at all. <laughs> Not, don't don't be that girl. She don't. I just listen. I mean, she doesn't have a brain. Oh, come on now. That's don't one do. woman that's just lost. I'm looking for. talk about religion and don't even go to I'm church. Look, I'm, I'm saying, like, look, please. I love most. 
Oh, the one you love most. Well, maybe we'll see you in a snapshot with them. Because it won't be hard to find 20 of you because that's all that's there. So out of the 20, (laughs) I'll be looking for your face. No, Malcolm. and and, and they don't have your front row, so they can make it look like a whole lot of us there. Yeah, well, you know what? There are going to be so many uh, folks there. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to matter. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. You should come, Maze. I heard that Biden is uh, slated to make an appearance. What do I need to come for? Wasn't it sly the way that the Secret Service men just let it slip out all loud on a plane full of Republicans that Joe Biden was going to make an appearance at the Republican convention? How did the Secret Service slip up and and just loud talk and say where the vice president's going to be days before he's going to be there? They didn't slip up. That's just yeah, the way they are. They're probably Republicans. That's why, why it went that way. I believe they did it on purpose. Yeah, they did do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, they did it on purpose, and I, I'm glad they did. Because now, now Biden, now the cat's out of the bag, and Biden can't do his secret, uh, uh, his secret plans all all gone to hell now. And so when the Democrats do theirs, y'all would probably be running like like skunks too, trying to get in and see what you could hear. Let's see. Right. So, so what do you, you have on Ann Coulter and all of them devils? Maze, I've got an inside track. Seriously, now let's talk serious for just a moment. I've got an inside track on something happening big soon. I'm asking you, as a friend, as a as an internet digital radio friend, stock up, get some okay. water, get some canned goods. That's well, all. Say, I don't have to do that. I've been doing that for years. All right, good. You're all That's set. That's nothing new to me. Good. You got a generator too. I don't need generator. All right, but you probably don't. Okay, but nevertheless, what are you getting prepared for? Devil's gonna get prepared. Maybe I, I have. I have a business that's designed to provide everything you need to survive. Survive from what? Uh, three years. From them gun carrying crazy people. That's Talk what you want to be surviving for? On a on a on a on conservative radio show. But hey, let me let me just say this, Maze. You need to make your way over to the to the convention. And what do you think about the possibility of the president declaring martial law and uh, suspending the election if he feels as though he's been doing that? He, whatever I, what do the Republicans think about it? I don't no, think the way they think. think. I don't have a thought about it. That's just something that the Republicans came up with. So I don't have nothing to think about it. Okay, but wait a minute now. It's all over the blogosphere. All I'm quite sure it is. Please. <laughs> They said it when Clinton was in office. They said it when Bush was in office. Was there any martial law? No, it was uh, not. They didn't. They didn't say that then. Let me. Let me. Seriously, there for a moment. Uh, uh, Amazed. I'm serious. It's got seven articles right here on my screens, all within the past few days. They're on your the, screen. And who wrote those? Suggesting that the president will, or or, or might invoke martial law, declare martial law if. It is believed if he believes that he's going to lose the election. I'm talking about well known. No, no, he might have the he might have to declare martial law when he wins the election because of the Looney Tunes. They're already losing the man. So I'm quite the, sure. I wouldn't be surprised. A, a Canadian Free Press, not right? If he lose, not if he loses when he wins. I, I got the West Journal for Journalism right up here. Because I've what got, I'm saying, got WND right here. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got uh, I've got Fox News. I've got uh, CNN. He might, he might have to declare the job convention that week. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, as mad as uh, them Southerners are, they just might have to. 
All right, so this is so big. they're not happy. Not happy at all. This is big news. What well, we need to we need to continue this conversation on until tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to extend it because you know what? One angry Jew was in the room last night. You were here, Maze, when he was talking about all the. Oh, you talking about? about. You the, remember when uh, angry one angry Jew called your show? Yeah, he called my show last night. He calls everybody's show because he's too cheap to get a show, and he calls around to everybody's show with that rhetoric that he puts out all over the place. And then he's going to mess up your uh, computer and tell you it was messed up. I don't he's know. nothing new. He do everybody like that. Well, I know he and then he went to the nut on the... I know, I know he does, but what all I'm saying is, you know, he puts out he puts out some information. No, he's not putting out any information. He's putting out last. I don't agree with everything that he puts out. I, I think that, you know, I like to deal with facts. Because do you really? Yeah. Well, I, when did the last time you dealt with something? No, just 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 now when I uh, okay. I clicked on that uh, that little button down there, that little button that turned the thing from green to red, so that you can start talking. Mhm. Okay. Yeah. Look, well, some, some some facts. Uh, uh, those are not facts that when I've been hearing you talk about. Checking out. He's got to go because his show starts at nine p.m. Yeah. And he was he was he was he let the man on take off his show too. Believing everything he was saying. I just sitting there laughing. All right. So wait a minute. Y'all could just be all the time with your friends. Wait, 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 wait. 2020 Radio is checking out. His show starts at 9 o'clock. Leave my show after it's over. He don't want me to call his show, so I'm not calling his show because he can't take it. Maze, Maze, Maze. Gary Southern Scent is going to have Gary Sinise uh, as a guest on her show. It's going to be pre-recorded, but it's going to be playing. At her regular show time of 2 p.m. If you don't have a job, which I don't think you do, tune in and check that out. I'm self-employed. I don't have to work unless I want to or when I want to go. Me either. <laughs> See, you, you're always bragging about your money like you're the only person on earth that got some. Oh. Like I said, you should have bought, you bought the wrong stock. That's why yours went down. The man stayed where it was. Remember well, that? Well, you know, not everybody can be like you, man. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So yours are if I have a job. Well, no, I wouldn't. I was just kidding with you. But anyway, right, well, whatever. The show is over. Uh, Maze, uh, I do appreciate you. Oh calling. no, I'm not going. And I'm not going to Charlotte since they want to know. No, I'm not. Nine seconds, Maze. We got to head on over to 2020 Radio Show. You'll be there. Well, you I enjoy think. 2020. Whatever lays y'all giving to listen to. Have show is over, Maze. I got mm-hmm. one minute and 20 seconds. Good night, Maze. Thank you for calling in. Hey, thank everybody for listening tonight. There's so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many more important things, but you choose to listen to my show, and I do appreciate it. Um, I would urge you to listen to Southern Sense on Friday when we do the Gary Sinise uh, interview, and also later on, the second 2020 radio show. Let's all just move on over there. Good night, folks. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're out.
good night, and I think to me.